is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that you'll find there for free. Uh, The main feature of the site actually allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff that we might discuss here on the airwaves uh, by going and submitting your show prep suggestions to the site. Maybe you uh, spot something online as you're surfing about, uh, something that looks interesting, uh, something you think our listeners will enjoy. You submit it to the site, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike it. And then you get to vote, too, as well on different things. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of our website, at freetalklive.com. Much to discuss here tonight. Of course, your calls are the primary element if you make them. And joining you this evening is Ian. And Dale. And Mark is gone. Uh, He will be returning, I think, sometime next week, maybe a few more days after that. I'm not sure. He's out for some kind of wedding thing, and you know how those things go. So we're here, and uh, we will talk to you about anything, as always. To start things out tonight... uh, I don't know if we should talk about it, but it seems like it's pretty big news, so I I don't feel like we should ignore it. The border situation, the uh, government people have decided that it's time for more enforcement. Uh, They've they've come together. The Republicans and Democrats who uh, heretofore who have acted very, very opposed on certain aspects of immigration reform have finally found common ground. It's It's been a bipartisan effort, and they've come together to uh, pass what is a $600 million border security bill. Now, sh- sh- uh, surely, I- and I'm guessing at this, but uh, you probably heard on talk radio today a bunch of b- belly aching about how this wasn't enough, right? I mean, likely from the, uh, the Republican types, they would much rather see $6 billion instead of uh, $600 million. Right. But uh, nonetheless, they've come together. They're going to put a stop to these immigrants. Uh, but they're small government. Immigrants. They're small government. Guys. Sure, sure. Republicans want smaller, more efficient government. Yeah, well, they want to, to reduce government by $100,000 and then just shift all of the existing government bureaucracy into uh, enforcement bureaucrats. Yeah. So then it would be wars smaller government. And wars yeah, and borders right. and more police. And things like that. So according to Reuters, uh, Barack Obama signed into law today a $600 million bill to beef up security on the U.S. border with Mexico. Apparently they're not so concerned about the Canadian border. Uh, And his aides pressed lawmakers to set aside election year politics and work toward broader immigration reform. With illegal immigration seen as a key issue in the November congressional elections, meaning the politicians realize that if they pander on this particular issue, that uh, it'll get them votes because Americans are constantly looking for a scapegoat, considering they wouldn't want to admit, Americans would not want to admit that it's actually their fault is why things are as bad as they are. That it's actually each individual person that uh, lives in this political designation known as the United States, that it's their fault Collectively, as individuals choosing to go along to get along, uh, choosing to pay taxes, choosing to obey every arbitrary diktat handed down by these criminal gangs known as governments, they wouldn't want to admit that it's their own fault that there are problems here. No, no, it's the immigrants. It's the immigrants. So let's just create some more government programs, hire some more government bureaucrats, give them some guns, and that'll solve everything. But they didn't agree on a wall yet, apparently, right? 
No, this does not. Uh, this no particular wall. bill doesn't have the wall provisions, but it does have some, you know, for Orwellian police state. I wonder stuff, if we're gonna. I wonder if it's gonna be like a tourist attraction hundreds of years from now, like the, the Great, Great wall, wall of China, China, only our immigration wall, the Great I Immigration Wall of. Don't the I US. hope that we don't have to look back and see that happen? But nonetheless, uh, according to the story, they tour- touted the border enforcement plan as laying the groundwork for a revived effort to overhaul the U.S. immigration system. Now I don't know what that means, but it sure does sound like. There's more coming, right? If this is the groundwork for an overhaul of the U.S. immigration system. An overhaul sounds expensive and, and typically, significant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they like to come in uh, you know, every couple decades and you know, reorganize the biggest reorganization of the U.S. federal government we've seen in a decade. And then they uh, shuffle bureaucrats around and they increase the size of the bureaucracy. And that is indeed what they're doing here. Uh, Congress passed the measure this week and sent it to Obama, who sought the extra funding amid complaints from southwestern U.S. states and the government uh, that the government was failing to seal the border from illegal immigrants and drug traffickers. But lawmakers have been reluctant to push ahead on the hot-button issue of immigration reform, and no serious progress is likely until after the midterm elections. Obama's aides insisted the president remain committed to revamping what he calls a broken immigration system and challenged Democrats and Republicans to show leadership. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano said they'll need to address this in a bipartisan way. It cannot only be done by Democrats. The Republicans need to come to the table. Mindful of the political climate, administration officials set no timetable for breaking the deadlock. Obama has called for comprehensive reform that includes not only better border security, but a pathway to citizenship for millions of illegal immigrants. Republican critics support a tighter border would say citizenship proposals would amount to an amnesty for lawbreakers. Uh, I I don't like the idea of them recruiting more citizens, which is such a... Bizarre word, since the, as we've gone through the definition before, there really aren't any because yeah, they just, don't have a, an obligation to protect. Well, you know, citizens. I was just thinking about that this uh, this afternoon. Uh, I was I was reflecting on that up here in New Hampshire. There's this provision in their statutes and their rules that actually allows you to challenge the voter registration of of anybody who's been registered to vote. I just think, well, what if we just challenged them all? Like, what if we challenge them all and say, I don't think anybody here is a citizen. I'll need to see proof that uh, that citizens actually exist. And I don't know. It seems just kind of a silly idea. Uh, well, just, like, I, I think they want to recruit more people who will be obligated to them, which mm-hmm. whom, but whom they will have no obligation to in return. Sure. It seems like an course, asset to have. It's, it's, it seems like quite an asset to oh, have, Oh, absolutely. Right? And the citizen, uh, the idea of this recruiting citizens means that they're going to be uh, indoctrinating them. Because in order to become a so-called citizen or be naturalized through the federal government's process, there's a lot of uh, a lot of indoctrination that goes on. They have to take this test that proves that they know a thing or two about uh, the the government system and how things are set up here in the in the United States. And so there's just a little, some brainwashing involved in that process. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's the Republicans kind of taking the posture of we're the law and order types. I'm surprised they don't like, you know, like like gangs do. They don't make you p- kill someone in front of them. Like prove prove your loyalty. Don't give them any <laughs> ideas, too, because they might just do that. They might just come down to where 
it may come down to this, uh, you know, a loyalty impasse. test of some sort. Well, right. Well, it may come down to an impasse where the Republicans are saying, "No, we're not going to let you just give this uh, amnesty to these darned illegals." Da 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 da. We need law enforcement. They've broken the laws, and now we need to punish them. Uh, so they'll they'll take that position. That's what uh, Mitch McConnell, one of the senator types, uh, says here. He says if the president takes amnesty off the table and makes a real commitment to border and interior security, he'll find strong bipartisan support. So if they stand firm on that position, maybe the 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 meeting point, the compromise point, will be something like, well, somebody will propose, all right, well, we'll uh, we'll go, f- we won't give them amnesty, but we will give them amnesty if they join the military. <laughs> and that is right. something that I think that you might likely see happen here. Now, according to uh, to Mark, he says that the, apparently the military's recruiting. Uh, they haven't been having as much trouble recruiting these days as they were, say, four or five years ago, because the economy is worse today. So people mm. that are without jobs are more desperate. They're more likely to take the risk of joining the military. However, if that changes for whatever reason, maybe the the war kicks up and and it's violence. And from what I understand, some of it's been some of the most violent months in Afghanistan recently. Uh, so perhaps as the military recruiting gets worse, they'll propose this as a solution. Look, okay, we've got all these people that want to get this citizenship thing, but we can't just make it so they pay us thousands of dollars and let them have the citizenship, which is, of course, how it tends to work now, uh, where they're just milking cash out of these poor people that want to come here and make a better life for themselves. No, no. If they've joined the military for four years, maybe six years. How about eight years? They'll join if they join the military and commit, uh, uh, you know, a, a tenth of their lives. Or so they will have to lives. shoot someone to prove their loyalty. That's my point. Yeah, they may yeah. very well do that. And yeah, they might only allow them to join the military in the army's infantry division or something like that, to where they're essentially going to be bullet catchers. I don't want to give them any ideas, but I've heard that one floated before. So uh, more coming up here. We'll tell you what's involved in this bill in moments. Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Uh, take control of the airwaves here, 800-259-9231. Also, want to invite you to our website. You can enjoy the features you'll find there for free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away, including the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. Uh, you can get the last week's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. And then if you click into the archives section, you'll find archives going back for years, all the way back to 2006. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the archives on us. However, it doesn't, you know, putting a website online isn't a free thing. It's free to you, but for us, we've got to pay for it. And so thankfully, we've got great sponsors like HostGator on board to help us with that. 
Uh, HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You can use your very own, or create your rather very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. And if you enter through HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Uh, so we're going to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Just quickly, want to finish up the details on what they have done at the federal government level to uh, increase the enforcement to crack down ever further on a poor group of people that are trying to come here to make a better life for themselves. Of course, I'm talking about people that are trying to cross the southern border. For whatever reason, they don't seem so concerned about the northern border. This is all about putting an increase in the border patrol on the southern border, even though People are crossing from Canada, and they're crossing in in other places. Uh, Drugs come across the Canadian border, too. Why do you think they're so concerned with the southern border? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's because it's easier to spot brown people than it is to uh, spot Canadians mixing in uh, with with mostly white Americans. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just speculating. It's, It's odd. I mean, I mean, most of the excuses they use for cracking down on brown people work just as well for Canadians. Like but you they said, aren't. The drugs yeah. and things like that. People crossing because maybe they have criminal records they're trying to get away from. Or but suspiciously, like they aren't cracking down on them. Now, we do know that they, they have some border interdiction checkpoint things inside the, inside the border on the northern side. But certainly the focus is, uh, is down south. And indeed, this uh, particular bill, has, which was signed today, is $600 million will fund about 1,500 new Border Patrol agents, customs inspectors, and other law enforcement officials along the border, as well as two more unmanned aerial drones to monitor border activities. So that's a little spooky, huh? Having uh, unma- it's uh, like unmanned the Terminator. aircraft. It is like that, except that I, I don't think they've mounted machine guns to the drones quite yet. Uh, how how close we are to something like something you know really twisted like that happening? I, what maybe not that far away? We may not be uh, far off at all. So there's that. Uh, plus, let's see. They oh, and then they they just pat each other on the back for how bipartisan they've been. Congress's speedy approval of the measure marked a rare display of bipartisanship. We're coming together to hate on these immigrants. They come together more and more every election. It seems mm-hmm. like till they're hardly different at all. Democratic Senator Charles Schumer said he hoped the bills, this is the same guy, by the way, who has proposed the National Service legislation, the guy that wants to uh, basically Mm -hmm. conscript every American between ages 18 and 42 and force them to work for the federal government for two years. That's who that guy is, just to make it clear. Uh, He said he hoped the bill's passage would help break the stalemate over broader immigration reform, meaning he's hoping that, uh, you know, they're going to be able to do more now after this. There are, uh, with the measure's passage, members of Congress running for re-election will be able to spend the next several weeks boasting that they acted to reinforce the border. Hmm. Is that what this was really all about? Was it that uh, the incumbents could basically pass this, I mean, on the scale of the federal government, relatively small piece of legislation, $600 million. Uh, They come together, they pass this piece of legislation that basically increases the size of the federal government as far as not just the money they're spending, but it hires 1,500 more bureaucrats. That's pretty much the core uh, purpose of this, is to expand the size of the border enforcement bureaucracy. So they get to basically point to that during their election campaigns and say, see, 
See, yep, you Americans are so scared about these immigrants. And look, look, I, Mr. Senator so-and-so, have done everything I could. We worked together with the Republicans and the Democrats. They're looking busy. The boss is coming and they're looking busy. Right. (laughs) Because how else is this going to change anything? I mean, if you really are uh, looking at the the border situation, hiring another 1,500 bureaucrats, it's not really going to change things any to any significant level. I mean, the the coyotes that are trafficking people across the border, they might have to pay off an extra couple of guards, right? Because 1,500 men spread across the entire however many thousand mile border that is, is still kind of a, a fairly small drop in the bucket. But it's something, right? And that's what they'll be able to do. They'll be able to tout how uh, how concerned they are over immigration, and and of course, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, poking fun at them or anything like that. I I, I think that uh, what they've done here is, is terrible. It's increasing the size of government. It is increasing the bureaucracy, and it's it is going to to some extent increase the the level of a police state that's that's happening down south. And I am glad I don't live, uh, you know, down there because I would be very frustrated if I had to go through these checkpoints that people down south have to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, they keep putting them further and further inland from the border, it seems like. Right. And uh, they've got permanent installations. They've got roving checkpoints. So you never know where they're going to show up. And we've seen people being beaten because they've been less than obedient when it comes to uh, obeying the demands of these border patrol uh, people. If at you these dare to stand up for your your right to, you know, your Fifth Amendment rights or whatever, or Fourth Amendment or yeah, whatever, yeah, it, they don't. It, care. it really falls kind of under both. Um, then, yeah, if you dare to do that, then they, you know, some people have gotten beaten. So, uh, so what can be done about this, right? I mean, it's a, it's a difficult situation because in, in, uh, in popular opinion, people don't like immigrants. They've been made out to be the, the new boogeyman. They're the, the boogeyman uh, that is you know, equivalent to the communists of the 1950s, right? The, It'll probably keep going until there's a new boogeyman. You know, it's like you said, they're just the latest. Mm. So there'll, be, there'll have to be a new boogeyman the government will have to protect us from. I wonder what's and, next. And that'll just be the next thing, and that'll take a little heat off the immigrants. Do you think right? they'll ever bring the same old boogeyman back? I mean, they've been through communists. They've been through drug dealers. They've been through – and drug dealers are still kind of out there. Uh, they've been through, uh, what, let's see, terrorists. Terrorists are still a boogeyman. So they've got multiple boogeymans now. You've got the – Just child rapists or child That's molesters. true pedophiles, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, what, what could, that's a good question. It's always, what do you think's next? And whatever, and whatever it is, they always – do something that's really not very effective, but again, it's looking busy. It's not actually effective at dealing with the real, what, what, to the extent that there is a real problem of some sort. It's not really effective at dealing with that, but it's something that they do to look busy. Mm-hmm. And then they just do more and more that doesn't really fix the problem. If it did fix the problem, that'd be in, they'd be in trouble, right? Right. <laughs> they actually they like dealt it. with the problem then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they fixed way. the problem, then, that, then how can they get more funding? Right. And hire more people and... Yeah, and that's what they're all about. They're about expanding their bureaucracy. They're not really about protecting you. That's just the PR. You know, in in a sense, like their job really is to make laws. What what does a politician run on? How does a politician? It it looks like they're not really doing much for their for their job if they're not creating new laws Mm -hmm. and spending more money and. Now they've now that all now all of the incumbents can say or however many of them voted for it and I bet you it was a lot of them. Uh, now a bunch of the incumbents can say, "Look, I am an immigration protector. If you want to kept be kept safe from those illegals next year and the next four years, you need to reelect me." One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control of the airwaves. It is free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, like our bulletin board system. You can get interactive and uh, find over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, everything from serious issues to silly nonsense, all over at bbs.freetalklive.com, and it is virtually unmoderated, so keep that in mind as you visit that's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize their legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for both plaintiffs and defendants and costs less than an hour uh, when uh, the cost is less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy, an average eighth grader can go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. Get it at jurisdictionary.com. That's jurisdictionary.com. As we go to your phone calls, Puke is on the line on the amp lines in New Hampshire. Hello, Puke. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, hey, Puke? So yesterday, uh, you were reading an email from a, a guy named Warren, I think, who was uh, contemplating. Apparently ruining his life by joining the military. Uh, <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, some people might know. Um, I was in the Army for six years, right out of high school. Uh, I've been deployed three times to the current wars. And uh, my advice to him is no, don't do not do that. That's ridiculous. Uh, he, did, he said in his email that he has well, a good job, mm-hmm. um, you know, a place to live. Did he say he had college or not? I don't remember if he said uh, that. No, he dropped out of school, but he said that uh, this, despite dropping out of school, he's done pretty well for himself, and he's looking at buying a house. Yeah, see, um, like, if he joins the Army, he's going to throw all of that away. And and basically, it, you know, he, he sounded like he was a, a kid or a young man who probably has seen a lot of uh, war movies, or or read some sort of like war novels or played video games or something, and uh, he didn't say, you know, specifically what he wanted to do in the army, because you know there are jobs other than infantry and whatnot. But regardless of what job he is joining, he's basically throwing away his life. He'll be told what to do, you know, 24 hours a day. He's basically going to become a subject of the federal government. Uh, you know, I mean. Unless unless he enjoys being told what to do and having people randomly coming into your barracks or your house to inspect stuff you have, you know, telling you how to dress and how to speak and what your haircut should look like, um, you know, things like that. If he enjoys being out of the country for a year at a time in a combat zone and, you know, risking his life, not just from being shot, but from accidents happen all the time, mm-hmm. the psychological damage that could occur not just from being shot at, but from being in an endless bureaucracy and just a horrible country and, you know, eating crappy food for a year. All of that crap. Don't do it. You're not joining the military. <laughs> Heed these <laughs> words. You know, I, I got yeah. pulled in for, you know, I remember being laid off from a job and 
getting tired of looking for jobs and everything at the time, at, you know, when, you know, right out of school, I didn't have any skills yet and stuff. And so mm-hmm. my thought was that was what I needed to do. And it's just, you know, I feel like so many people are just kind of unprepared for how to go into life when at that age. Of course, they and, just got out of know, government school. They got school. out of government schools, exactly. Yeah. And they're really yeah, not prepared. And, well, and, they, and that's what they, like, they, they're desperate and they go do something like that. Yeah, and the, the propaganda is, and the, the marketing is so good that, that yeah. you know, the, the millions of dollars are spent by the Army and the National Guard. I hear them all day long on the radio. Oh, it's and, getting me is when you see them in front of them. Stuff, they don't, you see them in front yeah, of movies now. That, <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the Army spots? Yeah. They're like used car salesmen for your life. Yeah, it's just horrible. Uh, and really, I mean, he's not even fresh out of school, as you pointed out. He's got a job. He's been out of school for a while. It's just that he's had this kind of uh, desire clawing at him to experience, as he put it, the glory of uh, you know war or working for the government. Right. Like it's well, going to be a big know, disappointment. I mean, I yeah, I don't know if he listens or not, but I've I've been putting up. I took videos of my time in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they're up on my website, dooms-day-device.com, mm, okay. in the video section. You can you know, go there, the little YouTube videos. Basically, every now and then, I just whip out my little camera, and I'd take a, a video of when we were doing stupid crap, like sweeping or standing around in formation and nobody knew what was going on, or you know, doing endless chores and things like that. And like that, that is what being in the Army is all about. It's a lot of standing around you know, uncomfortable, wondering what the hell's going on because nobody's telling you. And then every now and then something exciting happens, and that's what they'll show you in a recruiting video or something, you know. And, yes, exciting things do happen at times, but those are the rarity. And so, you know, I mean, if this guy's got a good job, if if he's got a good life, you know, I mean, he's obviously doing pretty good if he's thinking of buying a home. He's literally going to be throwing all of that away and putting his life completely on hold and possibly, you know, just – he could end his life, you know. It, yeah, it is, and for what? It is a current. It, for, it's a war, you know. The the country is at war. The government is at war. The, and, the only, and you know that that's a, that's risk that he's taking. And the only thing I can honestly. Well, you know what I gained from the military, and uh, I, it's it, what I gained from the military was when I got out. And even though I didn't like, I came out and I had to immediately start looking for a job and stuff like that. I gained an amazing appreciation yeah. for not being in the military <laughs> anymore. I mean, it was like, right. wow, life feels really good. I'm not in there anymore. I mean, it was just, you mm-hmm. know, and and it was an immediate improvement. You know, just just that. And I think yeah. that's how so many people feel. But you know, they're not. You know, it's most people. People don't want to say that for some yeah. reason. I mean, you don't want to say, oh, it really sucked. I know a lot of friends that I keep in touch with on, on Facebook, and, that, you know, some of them got out after me, but almost every single one, every now and then, they'll be like, oh, man, it's so awesome to be out, to be a civilian, to, mm-hmm. you know, be in charge of my own life for once, and not, you know, get a get a phone call in the, in the middle of a night and the weekend and say, holy crap, in 24 hours, we're deploying to Afghanistan. We know we told you it was going to be next week, but oops. You know, stuff like mm. that. that. That happens, and it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. What do you? I mean, all that risk. And and when you, when I think about risk, I normally think positively toward risk because I think that risk equals a reward. But in the military, I don't know if there's much reward there. <laughs> what are you getting for your risk? You, you're literally putting your life and your limb uh, at, in jeopardy, and you're not really even getting paid yeah. that much. Uh, plus, you're also no, you, killing you, people. I mean, that, that's not risk. That's just wrong. That's just immoral uh, right from the start to be involved yeah, with that. It, it's, it, it takes a while to figure that out, but that's true. And then, you know, there's the people talk about experience 
And if you become an, a soldier, like an infantry soldier, there's no application for that in the civilian world they except will, for maybe a cop, and that's mm-hmm. not the same thing. And, you know, you can go to a community college and learn stuff a hell of a lot better than being in the military. Yeah. I was an aircraft mechanic for six years, and do you think I could get a job now without doing more schooling? No, I cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Thanks they will try to tell you that. They'll try to tell you, oh, yeah, this is this skill is going to serve you in so many different civilians. They'll try to tell you anything to get you in, right? I mean, these yeah. guys, these recruiters, yep. are uh, they're, they're a little uh, unscrupulous. They are salesmen. Yeah. They are salesmen. They, they will like flat out lie. Salesmen, only worse. They will flat yeah. out lie to get you in there because they're getting a, they're getting paid. They're getting yeah. a recruitment bonus. At least if you buy a crap can used car that's uh, junk, you can get rid of it. Uh, with this, if you, you can sell it later, right? If you buy, uh, or at the very least, you can just donate it to charity and have it off your hands. If you buy into the military, you're in, and it doesn't matter if you change your opinions later on. It's not an easy task to get away from it. No, it is not. So, it is not at all. There is our so warning for the advice. night. Yes, sir. As a six-year, you know, war veteran, that's my advice to this guy. Don't do it. You know, there's better things out there for you. Thanks, Puke. I appreciate the uh, the call and the yeah, expertise. Night, Thank you, sir. At 800-259-9231. Uh, you, if you are also in a similar position, you're welcome to uh, to throw in your two cents. It sounds it seems just seems like a terrible choice, especially it, it seems like a bad choice for somebody who isn't as uh, doing as well as the guy he was referring to All the right. emailer. I mean, right. the guy that was emailing is doing well. He's got a job that he likes and he's making a good amount of money and he's relatively successful for his age and and his, uh, you know, kind of economic strata. And and he's doing all right. But even if you weren't doing all right, even if times were tough, I'm sorry. Uh, killing people is just not an acceptable solution to uh, your economic circumstances go and find some charity and get somebody right. to help you out but don't go and murder <laughs> yeah there's geez. and don't assist a murderer because you may maybe, say well if you're really desperate to do the military and you don't know what you're going to do with your life and all that maybe consider the peace corps or something i don't know it's like yeah, i don't know much about that if you do you can tell us at 800-259-9231 this is free talk live do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in via the toll-free number, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can enjoy our website for free. Uh, We give you the features there. All of them are on the house, so do enjoy those on us. And if you want to voluntarily support the show in return for all that, you're certainly welcome to. We've got different ways for you to do that. One of them is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, you still get the same great Amazon experience. It's uh, the same huge selection, great prices, free super saver shipping on a bunch of their brand new items. You get all of that. It's just you're entering through our portal, so Amazon takes note of it. They set a little cookie on your computer, and then uh, when you make your purchase, uh, you can trust that a 
a good portion of the profits is going to go to Free Talk Live. So it's a great way to get the stuff you're looking for and help Free Talk Live all at the same time. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your online shopping taken care of. As we go to your phone calls, Bob is in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Dale. Hello, Bob. Hi. Hey, you're on the air. Uh, I was calling about Wayne's call yesterday about the military. Yeah, it was an email, but go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, um, I definitely do not do it, especially if he's already familiar with the ideas of liberty. Mm. I was involved in the Grenada invasion, and I wasn't aware of the ideas of liberty at the time, but I uh, disobeyed a lawful order to shoot into a house that was obviously unit. I spent six years in Leavenworth for that. Oh my uh, God! It wasn't out of uh, you it wasn't out of a liberty calling. It just wasn't the right thing to do. Right, you you, know? you knew in your in your heart that shooting at a, this house, which could have had presumably had innocent people in it, uh, that uh, this was the wrong thing to do, and so you refused to do that, and you went into a, into the brig for six years. Yeah. <sighs> wow. What a backwards so, and, world! And I got nightmares about it. You, you wouldn't believe. So. What a backwards world! Instead of locking up killers, they lock up people who refuse to kill. Now, yeah. wait, now, wait a minute, Bob. You're, you're having nightmares about your time in jail or nightmares about uh, what you experienced in Grenada? Um, well, there, I I did kill people in Grenada uh-huh. as part of the Invasion Force Facility Team 4. Mm. And, you know, people were firing at me, and I justified it in my head that I'm firing it back at them. I mm-hmm. wasn't questioning why I was there or anything like that. I was young and stupid. Yep. and uh, That's what they take was, advantage but, of. They, they take yeah. advantage of the uh, the ignorance of the youth, and, and as Dale pointed out, it's how they were just gotten out of uh, the government indoctrination camps. It's a perfect time uh, for them to swoop in and offer them all kinds of shiny things like money and signing bonuses and uh, a uniform and uh, the excitement. And it's so sexy to be in the military and all this stuff that this that they sell the package with. And oh, and really, you're going you're dis- to learn discipline. discipline. From a military family and uh, yeah. Oh, so I you was, had it all along, in. huh? You but you you just been getting it all your life. Yeah, it just seemed like a natural path at the time, but mm. I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself to do that. I'm I'm grateful for it, but oh, as far I'm sorry. As far as the nightmares go, no, it, it's about having killed people. Wow, I'm sorry that you. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to experience that. I'm glad you shared the story tonight. Anything else you want to talk about as your as far as your experience? Uh, no, most of it isn't declassified yet, so I can't give too many details. Bob's not even my real name, so ah, okay. Well, Bob, thanks for the info, and I thank you for the call tonight, and and glad you're out now, and sorry you had to go through that. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. If you believe, like Bob says, I mean, if you believe in liberty, joining the military is the last thing you should do. The the other thing about it is there's so many, like, uh, if you think that the rules we have to live under now as civilians are bad... Oh the my God! The military, military they they constantly terrify you with horror stories about getting out of line. If you get if you got to get out of line in the slightest way, you know they want, you're you're constantly being full you know, warned about the different things that can get you in so much trouble when you're in the military. You know, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, or not being dressed appropriately out in public, or there's all these different things where they can just and they could just it's you know sadistic. if you do something bad in the military, if you actually were to do something, well, I say bad, but something that's against. Say if you do if you were to break some law while you're in the military, the poten- the poten- the penalties the potential penalties are enormous compared to. I, I just remember being I remember having um you know when I was when they were kicking me out or processing me out over you know because I was you know how you know how dare I be gay in the military 
And, is that a good uh, way to get out, by the way, before you go on with your story, to, to um, uh, you know, offer really, a BJ to the no commanding officer or something? There are no good ways to get out. <laughs> uh, there's no good way to get out. I mean, it was just kind of, um, I did get out sooner than I would have otherwise, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I did get out sooner. At the time, though, it was so incredibly terrifying and stressful. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I did want out, but I didn't, you know, the way it was happening was was really terrifying because, I, you know, they, they fill you with horror stories, too, about how hard it'll be to get a job if you get less than an honorable discharge. You know, I, you just feel like your whole life could be ruined by one little slip up, hmm. you know, and, and that's that's the thing is like, uh, and, and you know, and, and talk about a slip up. I mean, you know, just the fact that I was gay in the military, you know, but that could that that could be this horrible, devastating thing. Whether it would have been or not, I'm not sure. I was very young, and I was believing what I was being told, you know? Sure, because was, you wouldn't have you know, to, right, gullible, uh, and you wouldn't have to, of course, if you were getting a job, tell them you were in the military at all. Right? Yeah. I think people, in general, people spend an awful lot of time worrying, and we have an environment that, that makes us that way, that makes us constantly worry about every little thing. You're constantly bombarded with ideas that you need to get insurance. You're constantly bombarded with ideas that, that you know, that you need to watch out college. for. So many different things. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're taught to be ter- incredibly fearful all our lives. And the military just makes that exponential. I mean, mm. all, you know, all the things that you have to be afraid of when you're in there. This, you know, one little slip up in there and the penalties are so much higher. And, and uh, they're, they're constantly, you know, keeping that sort of fearful state going. And that keeps you obedient. That keeps you in line. That keeps you from doing anything. That keeps you from wanting to live, you know. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, so the whole process of being, when, you know, as I was being processed out and waiting to see, I, I spent like uh, maybe a couple of months after they had decided that, you know, they were pro- they were processing me. They kicked me off the submarine and everything first, and I was in the barracks, and they were just trying finding watch duty for me in the barracks or on the base somewhere. Mm-hmm. And all this time while they sent off this review to this review board, I had a choice of going f- before them myself. Or just sitting in some paperwork and, and letting the point them of review that was it. to review. Well, it was kind of like a court. It was kind of like a court. You know, mm. it's kind of like going to court. See how bad was I? You know, uh, how much trouble should I get in because I? You know, and it was all under the pretense of false of a false enlistment or well, something. What's like that. the worst thing that can happen if? Well, okay, I see. The idea would be because I didn't were, tell them up front that I was that gay. you were gay. Yeah. And I was, you know, it was, it was, you know, and at that time, at that at that age of your life, a lot of people, you know, really are, you know, it's always a, it's. You know, I don't understand it to the degree to the degree that I do now. You know that it's just the way you are, and it's not really a uh, choice. I yeah. mean, I was in a stage at that point in my life when I was like, oh, I can kind of just decide not to be this way. You know, I'll just, I'm, just I'm not, I'm not going to live my. And so I was like, and and that's what I was sort of, uh, that's what I was really going by was that I had, you know, was that I had not decided, I had decided not to be, and so I didn't really feel like I was lying going into the military. I see. Um, and so, and that's and that's essentially what I told them, and. And uh, I ended up getting an honorable uh, discharge, but hey, you got an honorable discharge. I got an honorable discharge, but but waiting for it was some of the worst. Nerve wracking. Oh my god! And I kept having nightmares. Mm. You know, I I didn't. I never had to shoot at someone or anything like that. But just the bureaucracy of the military and the constantly fearing that you're going to step out of line for a moment and, and the horrible things that you? will happen to yeah. you. Uh, all that that alone was enough to give me nightmares. I can't even imagine for someone like this guy that had to shoot at innocent people in Grenada. Right. And, and things like that, how bad the nightmares would be. I mean, I just can't even imagine just the stress I had, just all the stress dreams I had for a couple of years after the military. Uh, you know, right? I I, I don't know imagine. which is. Or I think the nightmares might be worse than six years in a jail cell. I mean, yeah, just, maybe so. I mean, he's he's had maybe to deal so. with both. But right. It's horrible. It's horrible what happens to people out there. And so, please, Warren or Wayne or whoever. I don't have the email in front of me, but. 
the gentleman who emailed and anybody else that's considering this as a supposed career path it's it's a way to throw away six years of your life or four years or however many years it ends up being because it's going to kill a little part of you forever i mean it's that's just it it's is you know you're going to be who you are is going to be pounded out of you and brainwashed out of you so that they can shape you into uh you know a robot you know they're going to try. I mean, you're not. You're not a robot, and you never will be. They're going to get you as close as they possibly can, so that you're just you're going to obey. You're going to obey orders. You're going to be in a constant fearful state to ever ever step out of line or ever disobey anyone, and uh, and that's you know that's what they're going to do. And you need to be thinking. You know, it's you're giving up a lot more than just some time of your life, than a chunk of your life. You're giving up and a little bit of who you are. That's a pretty valuable thing too. I mean, a chunk mm-hmm. of your life is, yeah. is pretty significant, and they'll own you. Lock, you, stock, and barrel. You're giving up a chunk of your life, and you're giving up some of who you are. Toll-free number here tonight is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are welcome to bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. We're going to continue uh, with your phone calls here coming up. Plus, uh, Dale, you're going to tell us about a world record speeding ticket. It happened over in Europe. Was it a million? It was about a million dollars. What's yeah. interesting is how they figured it out, how they calculated that million-dollar ticket. We'll get into the details on what that's all about. Uh, coming up here uh, during hours number two or three. Of course, your calls come first. If you make them, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, The main feature of the site allows you, the listeners, to actually uh, create the content of the site. Uh, When you go to freetalklive.com, all the stuff you'll see there, the different news items and videos and blog posts and such, it's all created by listeners like you. And you, when you're surfing around the web, you spot something that you think is pretty neat. You put it into our website and our other listeners will vote up or down on it, whether they like or dislike. And then the most liked uh, ones will make it to the front page of the site. So head on over uh, to freetalklive.com and get interactive. That's freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, Hello. I wanted to uh, uh, comment on uh, the dilemma many young people face with the high unemployment and sort of the slowdown in the economy and the fact that many are considering going into the military in order to uh, earn money uh, or to uh, 
advance their educational opportunities under the GI Bill and things. Which many and times just, doesn't pan out for them, by the it way. It doesn't. It doesn't. I was just going to say that. And being part of the Vietnam generation, uh, those that served in the military or those that protested the war in the States, uh, after that uh, fiasco, no one really trusted the government after that. And if you really believe in liberty, as you had said, uh, you really want to preserve your civil rights. And if you go into the military, you automatically lose those. Uh, and I just want to say this, that, you know, the government will not be there to help you when you realize many years after your participation in an illegal war, an illegal occupation, uh, and you have to deal with the moral uh, dilemmas and the moral repercussions of your actions. Uh, and that can be quite horrific. In addition, you're right, they're not going to be there to help you. In many cases, they use uh, excuses to not give people treatment that have had like PTSD. They're having a real difficult time. They're having the nightmares. Absolutely. They're having the stress. And they'll come up with uh, these excuses of, well, oh, that didn't start when you were in the military, uh, so you know, we're not right. going to help you with that. And also, I wanted to say that in the current theaters of operation in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, uh, you don't want to even be in that area because of all the depleted uranium that's in the dirt, that's in the atmosphere, that's everywhere, that's on your you know, GI clothing and your equipment. And all you need is one little alpha particle uh, inhaled into your lungs. And within seven to eight years, you'll be dead with uh, massive... Uh, uh, malignant cancer. Mm. So these are the realities, and I would also uh, mention to the young people uh, that are considering the military to contact the Quaker, uh, the Society of Friends, because they've always done a very good uh, conscientious objector program, whereby yeah. individuals, uh, in a sense, have to come to terms with their own beliefs and philosophies. Uh, and then, if you believe against war and you don't want to participate, uh, you know, you start thinking about your statement in the event that there is a draft. Uh, and, and there, may, like there well may be one very soon. Yeah. Uh, so in a sense, you want to uh, have your documents made. And even with those documents, there's no guarantee that your selective service board will accept those. Uh, you know, well, you I just can present it to them, them, and they may still give you uh, a one A classification. I would they... not show up to the the selective service board. Uh, well, back in the Vietnam era, in a sense, you did because if you didn't, uh, they would get the police in your city to go out and arrest you. So, I mean, it was a little different, you know, back then in the nineteen. Oh, they might do the 70s. same thing today. I'm just we, not. We made go. a lot of people resist, res, enough people resisting that, and and and, and being having the guts to ignore it that they. It becomes not viable. Oh, absolutely! To keep it In up, fact, you know. one of the people that ignored that was uh, Barack Hussein Obama or Barry Satoro, who actually didn't file his Selective Service at age eighteen little postcard in the mail. That that was actually done in two thousand eight. I wish uh, I had you been see uh, the actual document that was actually. Uh, uh, done later. So, yeah, in a way, under under the federal law, you still have to register uh, it on your 18th birthday. I wish I had postcard. it. I was too scared at the time to uh, to not do something like that. And yeah, to same here. I did it. I wish I hadn't. Thanks, Frank, for the, the call. Only, Appreciate you know, it. And then the, the Quaker Society of Friends is also... It's a good um, suggestion. 
they also they also do a lot of great counter recruitment. Mm-hmm. They're very good at something. They've I've read some articles about some of the counter recruitment done by the Society of Friends, and there's some really good uh, good efforts done there. And I've looked into counter recruitment myself as a oh, possible good. activism thing. Yeah, well, you know they've got a brand new uh, military recruiting facility here in Keene. I, right? I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. Has it opened now? It or, appears to be open. Okay. If not, it's darn close. They are right. done with the building, and I can see the, the the banners and things like the Go Army banner hanging in the windows. So. I just remember thinking I didn't know. You know, that's the kind of thing. Don't start fresh and remake the wheel. Read up on how the Quakers have done counter recruitment. They've got really great stuff, and things like yeah. that. Stuff that you can kind of a system that you can plug into. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, there's there's. I just read some good articles on. How they did it. So. What would be nice is if we could somehow find out, uh, maybe uh, one of our uh, friends that is on the inside of the, the local high school, maybe you could do this in your local area if you want to do the counter-recruitment, somehow find out when the military is going to be on campus and doing their recruiting efforts like heavily. I know that they've they, had to fight legal battles to get in some of those places. And I think right, it's easier access. now because they've paved the way. Right. Because they, they've, they, and they, and they did a good job of it. So now in the sense that a lot of the way has been paved and, 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 and it's less likely because of the legal precedent that some school is going to say, no, you can't go in and do mm-hmm. counter recruitment. Cause they don't because get you, involved in a lawsuit. You know, well, yeah, the idea is there, there's been lawsuits in the past, and there had to be there had to be legal battles fought to be able to get in there and do counter recruitment because the schools want to just let the military in and don't want to let the counter recruitment in. Sure, and, well, and they so, don't want to let you know, they don't want to let me in for anything, right? I mean, yeah. uh, if if I show up on a school campus, it's a threat. They'll threaten me with trespassing. Yeah, so, so it'll be interesting to see how doing counter recruitment would change that uh, that situation. I liked a lot of the approaches taken, especially in the terms of of trying to show you know so many other. So those young people are there out of desperation, mm-hmm. and so address that confusion, desperation. Address that they don't know where to go, they don't know what to do, like how do they don't know how to pay for college, things like that. And what the Society of Friends would do is go in and try and fill in those gaps for them, is help them see all the other options that were out there. They'd also do things like tell them things that the recruiter was not going to tell them. Like, look, here's some things your recruiter is not going to tell you. Or these what they'll the, lie to you about. These aren't the happy things. Yeah, and they might lie to you in these ways. Be prepared for that. And so, um, yeah, they would just make a point to tell them the things that the recruiter would just sort of conveniently leave out of the uh, Give them something to think message. about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. More up here uh, with your calls, 800-259-9231. Let's talk to David in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Hi. Hey, David. It's on I your was mind. just um, along the same line. I would... If I had a radio show, I'd probably try to repeat on a regular basis, don't join the military. Did you? <laughs> I'd make that a campaign. If it was up to me, everybody who was against the war would make that a campaign on the radio and hopefully influence the younger people. Um, I appreciate that, that, David. Have you ever been in the military? No. I, Thank goodness. I, 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 uh, I signed that piece of paper that they had that you had to sign so you could get uh, student loans and stuff like that. <laughs> What is that? I'm not familiar. Uh, what do they call it? Is well, it, is that no, the selective it's service. A, what is it? Is that, are you talking selective about the sl- yeah. Oh, yeah, they right. had to do. They hold yeah. a ton of things over you to get to sign that thing. That's how they fill you with fear about not complying, and you know. Yeah, with well, five hundred thousand dollars, I think they threaten you with, and then jail time as well if you don't fill out the little postcard. And so I remember when I saw that as a teenager, <laughs> even though I. Um, I probably was still somewhat friendly to the idea of the military at that age in my life. I was I was pretty intimidated by that. I yeah. was pretty scared by that. Yeah, I was I was concerned about getting student loans. That's what I was thinking about at the time. I think, and um, but it was peacetime the whole time I was there. So I was within that time frame, so it didn't. 
Well, it's never really been peacetime for the military. I mean, they've always been over killing someone somewhere, haven't they, for the last several decades? I think they've, so. They've pretty much been. I mean, even even the, right now, they don't have any declared wars, but clearly there are people that are being killed uh, by their hands. So thanks, David, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you as always. 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Death. Its shadow followed Paul. Its hot breath had flowed across the back of his neck. Its cold fingers had caressed his throat. As Paul dabbles in the occult world of the Ouija board, a dangerous netherworld opens up to him, and he discovers the frightening possibility that a demonic dimension may be merging with our own. Read Matthew Wayne's debut novel, The Ouija's. To find out more, available now as an ebook at IPIC Publishing, IPICPublishing.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy our features on the site like... The Wiki, over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com is where you can go and uh, edit almost anything there. Also, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you may have ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's Free State Project. Dot org as we continue taking your phone calls. Oh, by the way, want to welcome our brand newest affiliate here tonight. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we were going to have a pretty big, big, pretty big announcement, and I think this is a pretty big announcement. Maui is on board. So uh, now, if you are in Hawaii and uh, you are up late because they are delay broadcasting the show in Maui, if you're up from midnight, no, excuse me, I think it's one to four a.m. on weeknights. Uh, overnights and then saturday late late saturday nights will be on from midnight to three i think so if you're partying in maui and you get in your car or whatever you you get back to your hotel room you flip on your uh, your radio you're gonna hear free talk live which is pretty cool that's excellent so they're taking all six nights of the show uh down there in maui and so welcome aboard to our listeners uh, we started there last night so we are on tonight Listeners to KNUI, AM 900 KNUI, the talk of Maui is on board, and uh, I think that's pretty exciting because now, uh, of course... You know what? I think what's cool about that is a lot of people will discover the show through the radio, yeah, and then they'll find out, oh, I can listen to this online, and then I can call in and all that stuff when otherwise it was a rebroadcast and I couldn't, and so I think that... um, yeah, it could end up being a whole lot of online listeners that you sure. gain out of things like that. Right, especially because likely there are a lot of tourists coming through Maui, and they're going to be scanning around on the the, the, the various different radio bands there. They're going to hear Free Talk Live, and they're going to find us that way. And, of course, uh, the Hawaiian islands are filled with people that appreciate ideas of uh, of secession. There's right. a very good – There's a strong secession strong movement secession. there, yeah. So uh, so they're going to hear us talking about secession, and that's going to get hopefully get them all jazzed up. And, and who knows, man, maybe Hawaii will be the second free state. <laughs> That'd be kind of nice, huh? 
Yeah. So welcome aboard, KNUI listeners. Uh, you are, again, listening to a delayed broadcast if you're in Maui, but we are on from uh, 7 to 10 Eastern time every single night. So just because you're listening delayed doesn't mean you can't participate in the show. You can still, if you've got something you want to say to Free Talk Live, and there are other markets across the country that are also listening to this show and delayed broadcast. Uh, just remember that we're on 7 to 10 Eastern. Do the calculations to figure out what times that is in your time zone. And pick up your phone and call in. You don't have to be on topic for Free Talk Live. You can That's bring right. up absolutely All you have to do is know the number. And if you exactly. really do want to hear what's going on at the time, you can turn on your internet. Let's go to your calls. Matthew is in California. You can bring up anything. Matthew, what's on your mind tonight? How you doing, gentlemen? First, before I get to my topic, let me um, say as a veteran... Uh, with the debate of whether or whether or not to join the military, I've got two perspectives. One, I enjoyed my time while I was in there, but I was one of the lucky few who had one of those niche jobs that you're not going to get today if you joined. I got to do AWOL apprehension while I was stateside. So I just basically got to fly around the country, pick up guys who got arrested for um, – Speeding tickets and they come up on the computer as AWOL. I just transferred them back home, so I was just basically a, a paid, you know, flight attendant for these guys. So, and you know, yeah, there are a few jobs like that. You can you can end up in a cushy job. There's a few, yeah, and, not very many. Right, there are not very few out there. And when I was overseas in Germany during Desert Storm, I actually all I did was um, I was kind of a I was an MP, but all I did was sit on attack base and I guarded missiles. So. I mean, yeah, in the middle of nowhere in, in Germany, nothing was happening. So all I did was just go to work for eight hours during my shift, and then somebody else would come and replace me, and then I'd go party all night with the German girls and come back home. I mean, it was, a, it was great. But don't expect that to if you're going in today. So it ain't going to happen. You still have to, and of course, you still have the normal, you know, step a little bit out of line and get oh, in a lot of trouble oh, yeah. sort of thing. That oh, all still applies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that part, yeah. I, I knew my, my P's and my Q's. You know, you have to do what they tell you. And, you know, for those 12 hours a day where you were at work, you know, the two hours before you got up there and the two hours after, there was a bunch of, I can't say the word, but a bunch of stuff you had to deal with mm. that, you know, your room had to be clean, your boots had to be a certain way, you know, your uniform. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But, I mean, but I had one of the better experiences. So I'm, I have, like I said, I have two sides of it. I tell my friends it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. So, well, still, uh, if you that, want to break it down, even though you had a better gig than some of the other uh, poor saps that were in there, you still want to break it down. You're still working for a criminal agency that's uh, you're in a support role in a, in a kill an agency that's main job is to kill and destroy. And no uh, argument from me there. Yeah. <laughs> But um, the reason I called was because I'm a news junkie, and I follow the news all around the United States and around the world. And I came up on the story out of Phoenix, Arizona, where this couple was arrested for having sex in a, a parking garage. And hmm. then, you know, it's on Facebook, and I'm you know, posting my little comment. And I just couldn't believe how many people saw that as a crime. And I'm like, okay... It, it's two people having sex. If, if you're not looking at them, it's not your business. You know, it, it's, it, I, mean, I can see maybe the private property owner wants to say, hey, no having sex in my garage, but it was, you know, just the people who were responding to that and saying, oh, yeah, it's a crime. I would hate if my kids came across it and saw people having sex. But I asked people like that, well, what do you think about them seeing violence on TV? And they're like, I'm fine with that. You know, they Welcome to America, outside. right? Yeah. You know, isn't that a sad state? You know, I'm just... Yes, it is. It, and it's so typical about uh, kind of this American perspective that violence is acceptable, 
but sexual uh, interactions in any sort of public fashion is not. And I might agree that it's a little tacky, you know, to have sex oh, in tacky? a parking garage. Yeah, sure. Um, probably a little dirty as well. But uh, n- nonetheless, uh, it's like like you said, who cares, man? I mean, it, it really, what's the what's the big deal? Uh, it, it's it, it only becomes a big deal because of the way people react to it right so your kids see people having sex okay you, you tell them well that's a really tacky thing to do kids if you're going to have sex you should probably not do it in a parking garage it's really filthy and nasty and you know it's just a tacky thing to well, do i'm assuming they were in a car in the parking garage well that seems like a safe assumption but you never know yeah well yeah you're true that but i'm just assuming they were in a car but I, can i say as a at, I've never had sex in public. I would be lying. Uh, <laughs> when I was lucky, I had sex in public, and I consider myself very lucky to be having it. So, I mean, I'm, I don't see what the problem is. You know, the only problem is if you're looking, and if you have a problem, then don't look, you know. <laughs> Go away. Well, the, so. uh, the people who uh, – I mean, now we've heard a lot of the complaints here, for instance, in the Keene area about people being topless in downtown Keene. And, of course, the next question is always, well, is public sex going to come next? And I can tell you that – I wouldn't support people having sex in public. As I said, I think it's it's kind of a tacky thing. Uh, but, I don't support it either unless it's me. Then I'm all for it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, as far as how people feel about it, they feel like they're being forced to uh, to see these things. Because it's in public, because they come across it, that they're being forced to see it. And, you know, <laughs> I can understand that perspective. In We're that being forced to see all kinds of things all the time. I'm yeah. being forced to see your striped shirt right now. And you may not like it. It may be offensive to you. And, and I don't... There's a guy that walks around downtown with his shirt off all the time, and he's a very angry man, and uh, and I don't I don't like him very much. Um, but you know I see him, and that's you're okay. forced to see him. Yeah, I'm forced. If I want to walk downtown, I'll see that guy. Whatever, get over it. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you will find a bunch of stuff, and it's all for free. Our webcam is included. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch, listen, and chat. Our chat room is built into the very same page as our cam, so you can enjoy all of that for free uh, over at cam.freetalklive.com. And the webcam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. That's memorydealers.com, 
9231. You know, we uh, were talking about the idea of sex in public with uh, with Matthew, and I think that clearly private property rules should be respected, right? I mean, we were sure. discussing the, uh, I guess uh, there was a story in the news somewhere about how some folks had been caught having sex in a parking garage. And it's likely that, well, I, I don't know if it's likely. I suppose it could be public property. Uh, but again, it doesn't mean that I support people going around all everywhere that's public property and, and, and having sex. Um, on the other hand, I also uh, empathize with where Matthew was coming from. It's like, look, what's the big deal? If people I just, want to be tacky, I just that's their I, think I think it's tacky. I don't yeah. think it's something that there should be like a lawful, a, a legal repercussion no, for. No, who's the victim? And the thing is, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, you know, a lot of times the whole notion of, uh, the idea of, of just like being forced to see something is is what's so ridiculous about it. Imagine like, like you you know it's it's imagine if you had to suddenly change for some reason like you just had to quickly change your shorts you know maybe you spilt something really cold on yourself and mm-hmm. on a cold day in New Hampshire and you're like you have something to change into but you know you have to change quickly and what if you do it discreetly like you're not trying to flash anyone or something but you're like you just have to change quickly right but you can go to jail for that like you can you know be a what? sex offender for that right I mean I just you know I'm just, you know I try to turn away I try to find a bush or something and just quickly change my pants you know why can't you you should be able to do something like that and you're not not trying to make anyone see anything you know it's this this whole notion of people being forced to see stuff it's it's people ridiculous. need to get some thicker skin i think is really what yeah. the uh, really what the issue is it's and i agree with you completely uh just to, su- to suggest that that seeing someone uh, engaging in and let's let's take it away from sex let's just go to a, just any other public display of affection i mean some people are offended by people kissing in public uh, some, or if it's two people of the same gender Right or, or yeah, it's okay if you kiss in public, but if you're the same gender, they they, they don't want to be they don't want to have to see that. Right, that could be as offensive. It could be as offensive to someone who is very say homophobic uh, to see two men even walking down the street holding hands together. And They're, I remember I remember my grandmother being offended that uh, there were some some people there was a couple being just being affectionate, nothing mm-hmm. major, uh, but they were black and white, uh, inter- interracial, yeah, interracial. So she was she was offended by that. She said that was you know she made a big fuss over that. Right. And she it, was forced to see that. Right. And that's what really we're talking about here. Right. Is people who are offended by someone else's choices, someone else's choices that don't inherently involve any kind of uh, actual victim. In that, no property is is being damaged. Uh, no one is being physically harmed by by their actions, but they find something about them to be absolutely intolerable it's, or offensive. They want other people to go out of their way. You know, it's like it's someone else's job to go out of the way to keep them from seeing something they don't want to see. And that's what it takes. I mean, you know, it's pretty silly. Would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Uh, so just recently we had an incident here in Keene, New Hampshire, and I think we touched on it briefly last night, but didn't really get into detail, wherein uh, some people at the, the nightcaps, as you know if you've been listening to the, the program here for a little while, there have been some uh, folks, uh, liberty-minded folks, hanging out downtown in downtown Keene, New Hampshire, the center park in town, uh, Central Square, essentially enjoying each other's companies, doing, uh, doing some socializing, enjoying uh, some open containers of alcohol, maybe a little bit of cannabis as well, and just kind of having a a nightcap together. And it's been going on all summer long, pretty much. And it's been a lot of fun. I had been enjoying every single one of them. I've been I've been out almost every single night until they put me in uh, basically lockdown (laughs) in my my own home. 
Not um, me. I'm not much of a night person. Yeah, that's true. If I have, if I have, if I'm free at that time, I guarantee you, I want to get some sleep, especially sure. lately. <laughs> but it's 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 fun and it's easier yeah. for me because uh, you know I live here in town and you live kind of outside of town. So yeah. Uh, but uh, so so people were already some people were already upset about the idea that people were smoking cannabis or or drinking alcohol downtown. Of course, they're doing it in a responsible manner. Nobody's getting out of control. People are. Throwing away their garbage. They you know, are you know what people don't realize. What the people don't realize too is there are other people besides the you know the nightcappers that are enjoying the park at the same time, and mm-hmm. they don't look intimidated. They don't look bothered. They're just hanging oh. out, and there's no reason to because if you see whether you're at, whether it's during 420 or whether it's during a nightcap, there's it's not a it's not like there's anything crazy or scary going on. It's just people hanging around chatting in the park, and so someone who doesn't have some sort of predisposition about it. You know, because they've heard things, there's all these crazy stories going around. If there's just people walking through the park, they're just walking through the park. It's not a big right. deal. They, 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 try, they make it sound like there's this, you know, I don't know, maybe a thick cloud of marijuana smoke <laughs> coming up. It's No, it's nothing like that. It's, it's, it really isn't. <laughs> so, but then I guess things uh, got interesting this week, uh, a little unusual at the nightcap. Somebody brought out some sidewalk chalk. Yep. Have you seen the pictures of this yet? Yes. Okay, so if you go to freekeen.com. I actually uh, was at that nightcap. Oh, you were? It was an unusual case. I went to that nightcap, and I saw them chalking the sidewalk. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, they brought out a bunch of sidewalk chalk, and they chalked up uh, most of the park, from what I could tell. There were a lot of slogans and things that were written, uh, very pro-liberty ideas, pro-liberty phrases and sayings uh, written on the, the sidewalk. They Fairly also, innocuous, I would say, though, yeah, too. Uh, Nothing, uh, like, really outrageous or trying to – certainly not trying to be offensive no, no. sort of like slogans and ideas mostly peace oriented or love oriented or innocence yeah. i've got them here uh, you can go to freekeen.com to see a handful of the pictures and then if you click in uh there's a link there that'll take you to the keen nightcap facebook page if you look for keen nightcap on facebook you can find the full uh the every picture that was taken uh here are some of the things that were chalked you can't cage an idea that was uh, one of them innocent people don't belong in cages he uh, kpd lose the violence and you can protect Respect thy neighbor, with a peace symbol in the O of neighbor. Uh, very pretty, by the way. The artwork was, uh, yeah. was very nice. Uh, taxes equal theft. No victim, no crime. A peace symbol. Violence is not the answer. Freekeen.com. We're here. We're freer. Get used to it. I like that one. <laughs> First they ignore you. Then they ridicule you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Everything is okay. A big smiley face. If you're happy and you know it, shake your chains. A famous quote from uh, the imprisoned Rich Paul, one of the local activists here who is sitting in a, in a jail cell right now. And another one, free Rich Paul. Uh, not peace, not strife, with a peace symbol. Uh, people are being arrested for drinking water. What is wrong here? Ian does not deserve a curfew for following the law. Taxes equal theft written on the statue. And this is you also there's also one you forgot. Oh, there's more. Uh, it's after six. Do you know where Ian Freeman is? <laughs> Someone wrote, "Stop paying taxes on a, a power box or something like that." Obama lied with a peace symbol written on the the statue. Uh, place traffic tickets here written on the garbage can. <laughs> that was cute. That was cute. Breasts are beautiful. Stop Burke's power trip. That's the local uh, man in a robe. One that is so graphical, I can't live and laugh. I think is what that one says. Very pretty. And yeah, so very cool. Don't force people to do or not do anything. Just let us be free. Freekeen.com. We are human. We love. We hurt. We miss our family when you take them from us. 
So that's the list of them. Uh, you can see them yourself over again. So obviously team. some incredibly offensive slogans placed uh, being done in chalk that rinses away with a light rain or with a sprinkler. <laughs> well, I, I guess the, some of the most controversial portions of this, I mean, number one, somebody's going to, you've got different people that are going to be offended by different portions of this, right? Someone is going to sure. be offended on one hand that anyone did any chalking at all on anything in the local park. Because it's forcing us to, you're ruining, marring the, the, the view, the beauty of the park with your chalk, etc., etc. And then there are some people that were particularly offended because a Civil War monument was chalked. I kind of want to focus in on that aspect. I wish they'd written peace symbols on it. They did. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Here in a moment at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts are welcome, too. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we give you the features for free. So head on over, enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And don't forget, you can help support the show uh, by going and becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We will take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. As we mentioned this hour, uh, welcoming our brand newest affiliate, uh, AM 900 KNUI, the talk of Maui, on board as our newest six night a week radio station, which it's it's a little more difficult for us to get a six-night-a-week station. And the reason for that is because, well, you know, most radio stations, when I, when I call them, and that's what I do during the daylight hours, is I call radio stations to get free talk live on more stations. And, uh, you know, most stations, they've already got 24 hours of, of programming seven days a week, right? And if they so they have to give something up. Yeah, if they didn't, they'd have a, they'd have a problem. So, uh, so yeah, they've got to make a replacement. And it's easier for a radio station to take a risk on a show that's maybe a little, little more unproven, a little unusual, like Free Talk Live is on a weekend, which is one of the reasons why we have our Saturday program, to kind of get our foot in the door, so to speak. So it's a little more difficult, a little more rare for us to actually sign a, a station on board right out the gate. Uh, for all six nights a week. So it's really cool that we're on in Maui every single night. So welcome yeah. again. And it's thanks to listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers that are making this expansion possible. You're allowing us to reach out to the radio industry, to expose the show to them, to uh, to get them on board, to show them that we're still here. You know, we've been doing this now on a syndicated radio basis since 2004. So we're we're, we're becoming... I wouldn't go so far as to say we're industry veterans yet, but we're certainly more recognized now than we've ever been in the past. And it's thanks to listeners like you becoming amplifiers because it gives us your three bucks a month is basically our advertising budget. It's basically our promotional budget. But we're not just promoting the show to radio stations. We're also promoting it online. We're doing Google AdWords. We're reaching out to people uh, via sponsoring things like Liberty on Tour, LibertyOnTour.com. Pete and Adam driving around the country for 13 weeks, meeting up with liberty-minded folks everywhere. And they've got uh, Free Talk Live. They've got a Free Talk Live banner on there uh, on MARV, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. So not only are we doing uh, outreach to stations, not only are we doing internet advertising, but we're also using some of that money to uh, kind of reinvest into the movement itself and uh, buy sponsorships with 
folks like uh, Adam and Pete from Liberty on Tour. So your three bucks a month makes a big difference, and you can do it with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today and get perks. Get access to the amp-only call-in lines, uh, the amp-only forum also available the AMP Only podcast, which doesn't have the usual podcast commercials that you're used to hearing. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com, and thank you in advance for doing that. We're going to get right back to your phone calls here, but just to finish up some thoughts on what's uh, transpired this week here in Keene, New Hampshire. It's been like five weeks straight that the local newspaper just can't stop writing about us. Uh, there's been <laughs> so much going on with multiple uh, mass arrests, uh, these, the, side, the sidewalk chalking and the chalking of a local park that went on this week. Uh, some folks came out uh, to my place because, again, I'm, I'm basically on house arrest as I'm on, out on bail uh, right now for some earlier an earlier arrest a couple weeks ago, or I guess last week during the city council meeting. So they came over and they showed me these pictures of what had been done out in the park that night. And you were out there to see some of it happen, Dale. And uh, I was really impressed by it. I mean, it was really just nice-looking artwork, oh, yeah. very pretty. And, of course, some people are going to see it as very ugly because people have different opinions about things. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people being offended by different things. Some people are offended uh, by chalk on a statue. Some people are offended by uh, the you know the human breasts or the human body being naked in in some fashion. Some people are offended by certain words that uh, that people say. And you just don't have a right not to be offended in America. I'm sorry to uh, be the bearer. You of don't news. have a right to make everyone else like bend over backwards to keep you from seeing something you don't want to see either. <laughs> yeah, and now you do have a right to your own private property and to have it not be molested. So, sure. had these people actually chalked on someone's private property, I'd be pretty upset about that. No yeah. matter how pretty it was, I would be very upset because unless you've gotten the permission of that owner, the private property owner, that's a private. That's a but property the, rights violation. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is that this is public property, and they use chalk which is pointedly it's going to effort not to do any kind of damage because chalk is so incredibly harmless so inert and so easy to wash away and in fact it will as soon as it rains it's going to be gone as soon as the sprinklers come on it's going to be gone but they sent somebody out the next morning to scrub it off so the the complaint was (laughs) well the city bureaucrat had to go out and scrub all that off no they didn't have to it was it was going to be it would have gone away on its own yeah, they didn't have. have to do that they chose to do that but people were offended dale and and one of the one of the most offensive parts to people i think a lot of people is that in the center of uh, keene new hampshire there is this monument to violence there is a monument with a civil war soldier in i don't like being forced to see that no, I don't, personally, I don't either. I find it very, I find it offensive. It is. Yeah. Uh, it it is a monument of violence, and of course, the people that are offended that there was a peace symbol drawn on it and the words Obama lied on one side, and there was something else written on the other side. Uh, that uh, the people that are offended by that are saying this is an insult to our forefathers who fought and died for freedom. Really? Sorry, but no. The Civil War. Look. I know what they told you in government school. I went to government school. I heard that story, and it sounded very nice. You know, the government school version of the Civil War is that, well, Abraham Lincoln was a really honest man. And, and he was he wanted to end slavery. Right. And, so he came yeah. in, and, and uh, the mean old Southerners, they just wanted to have their slaves, and so they fought against the North, and the North just had to crush them with their boots. And the North was good, and the South was bad, because yeah. the South had slaves. Wait, wait, wait. So did the North. Oh, they don't tell you that part, <laughs> And really. Abraham Lincoln only freed the South. Southern ones. He didn't free the northern ones. Right. Well, of course, he yeah. couldn't free the southern ones in the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. He didn't he actually free them. He went through the you know motions of. You it, know. Was yeah. it was political. It was a, a, it was a, a posturing. If it was you will. posturing. Yeah. 
And really, okay, yes, maybe at some level the Civil War was supposedly about ending slavery. I'm not going to deny that's the case. I'm certainly not in favor of slavery. However, the main motivation for the Civil War on the behalf of Abraham Lincoln and his own quotes bear this out is that he wanted to preserve the Union. Listen, everyone. Uh, anyone who has doubts about Abraham Lincoln and what you know what he was really about, stop reading the Gettysburg Address. They make everyone read in school and and read both of his inaugural addresses. <laughs> read his first and second inaugural addresses. And what will I they mean, learn? That, well, you'll hear you'll hear him. You'll hear. Wow, let me try to say that he'll, again. He'll. <laughs> you'll hear how he really felt about slavery, about what his role as president entailed, and you'll see him completely switch position between his first and second terms. I know we've never we've never seen presidents do that before, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's one of the you know most uh, notorious uh, early people to do that. I guess was to completely turn into a different person after he was you know, between terms. He, he was a tyrant. He crushed dissent. He arrested. And he uh, talked about he, he was a white supremacist. If you read his first, you know, everyone will make excuses for him. And I'm like, well, okay, but if you're going to make excuses for Abraham Lincoln for being a white supremacist, how come you aren't making excuses for the Southerners that you say are, you know, are that way? That's what that's what gets me is like, okay, this is the president and you're making excuses for the president. You should be holding him to a higher standard, if anything, not a lower mm-hmm. standard. If you're judging the South and you should. You know, the South as well as the North who had slaves, uh, and you should judge people for slavery. It is wrong. If you're judging them for it, why aren't you judging uh, Abraham Lincoln when he said that, that, that black people should always stay in, a, in an inferior position to white people and the white people needed to keep them, you know, main, you know they needed to be under, a, under the control of white people and so forth. The, you know, read, the, read his first inaugural address. I mean... He's a thug. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln was a thug. And, of course, he's held up by the gov- pro-government historians as this icon. Uh, when you learn about presidents in government school, Lincoln is one of the key ones, right? You, he's held up as this icon because he was so intent on keeping the uh, the union together. That was the purpose behind – the real purpose behind the Civil War was to crush the dissent uh, in the South – to prevent them from from voluntarily leaving the union that they supposedly, of course, they weren't even alive at the time uh, when it was created. But you know, you know, if you have to summarize it really, short, if you had to summarize the first, the inaugural address, his first one, uh, it would be: you can have your slaves, but you better freaking pay your taxes. Mm. That was that's the summation of the first inaugural address. Go read it. <laughs> All right, he'll spend a long time telling you. Don't worry, I'm not going to mess with your slaves, but you better pay your taxes. Yeah, what would be nice if uh, out of this uh, chalking of the, the local park here in Keene, New Hampshire, if, if there was a conversation started about the Civil War and what that uh, statue really sta- uh, stands for. It doesn't stand for, uh, for freedom. The statue is a reminder of oppression. It's a reminder of what happened when some people decided they wanted to be free of the, the, the so-called union. And they, they weren't great either. I mean, they were trying to just have a different government that had its own problems. Sure you know? they were. But, but the point was that, that they dared to say, we, don't want to be a, we want to hold the federal government accountable. We want to se- separate from it. And uh, anything, anything that would hold government accountable is a huge problem. Also, right? isn't it <laughs> ironic that uh, in order to supposedly end slavery, they enslaved people to fight the war? Yeah. So killed a lot of people, enslaved a lot of people. Right, they killed hundreds of thousands of people. There's no honor in that, and, and slavery was ended in many other places without without wars. We're coming back with more here in moments. Hour number three is coming up. Your thoughts are welcome. Was chalking the park inappropriate? Chalking the monument inappropriate? We'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. 
What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. Dale joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. Though, unfortunately, he has been busy, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> it's fortunately. You've been busy with another project. Right now, you're going to be short on cartoons a little bit, which I apologize for, but uh, but improved on good movies. By so one, <laughs> you are you are trying your hand at directing and producing and writing, writing and yep. uh, probably most of it, most of it, a little yeah. bit. So I'm really not the technical side is where I needed help, and I'm learning on that mm-hmm. uh, quite a lot because you know when you want to when you want when you don't have a lot of money to do something, you kind of have to learn how to do it yourself. You know, you can't sure. pay professionals Absolutely. to do it. I've got technical people who are uh, some some who are almost full time volunteers and. Uh, and things like that that are that are helping us do this, and it's it's like a team effort where everyone will get to share in the benefits of it at the end, as opposed to like an employee situation where you're gonna do you know, like a profit split or something. Yeah, like that? I think that's, that's the cool. idea. If the movie manages to make money, it is a first movie, but I'm confident it can make money actually. And and uh, the idea is everyone who's participating in it and has the uh, faith to to put into it to to work on it now is uh, potentially you know. Chance to to share in so the profits later. It's an investment later. for them. It's also that. an investment, and in, you know, that is we're going to keep making movies, and mm-hmm. the people, you know, whether or not this one is a success or not, we're going to learn from it and keep making movies. And so the idea is, uh, and this is a team effort. I'm not the owner of these movies. I mean, I want this. I want this to be like a shared ownership thing. I am sort of helping to make them happen. Me and me and Richard, uh, another my my partner, my co-writer, and a, you know, co-director and everything. And uh, we're going to keep making these. So the people who have faith in us now to to help us get this going on, you know, we have, you know, without the budget to pay people. And also there's a lot of red tape that goes with paying. As soon as you have employees. Oh, oh my boy. God. Oh, yeah. my God. So there's that side, too, of it. So um, you need to avoid that. That's good. Yeah. So uh, the people who have faith in us now and are willing to put some effort now to make this happen when we're better experienced and have, you know, and, and, and keep making movies. And then when people want to be in on it, we're going to look back at the people who are there for us now. The people who are who dedicated, into, you know, who put the time in because there's a lot of time involved. In there this is, process. you know, we're not looking for anyone to put anywhere near like a fraction of the amount of time that we have, sure. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, the people who have the faith in us now to, to put a little effort in for us. Um, you know, they'll be the ones who, you know, 
have brownie points later when they want to, when, you know, maybe if we ever get to a point where we can actually just hire people. And, well, we're going to keep you, you up know. to date uh, here on the show as to what's going on with Dale's uh, movie. Can we t- tell people what it's called? It's called, it's called Intense. Intense with an exclamation point. That's in the title. So that's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's probably yeah. all we can say right now. You're in the filming stage. It's a slasher stage. flick. Yeah, it's you're a in slasher the, flick. You're in the filming stage and eventually, uh, you think there's going to be a trailer out by what, the end of the year or what do you, what do you think? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Absolutely a trailer by the end of the year. I, I, we'll have quite, well, we'll probably have more than one trailer by the end of the year. Great. Well, I look so. forward to seeing that and uh, talking, telling our listeners that they can go and look at it. In the meantime, you can see some of Dale's cartoon work over at anarchyinyourhead.com. All right, we're going to take your phone calls about what you want. Christine is on the line in Colorado. Christine, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Dale. Hey, good evening, Dale, Ian. Hey, um, thank you. Well, today you said it's Friday and open talk and we could call in and talk about anything that we like. Well, it's always so that I've way. Got a it's always shameless that plug, yeah. but it's an interview I thought a lot of your listeners might find interesting. May I share it? By all means, go right ahead. All right. Well, um, one of the largest newspapers in Colorado uh, interviewed me, and I, of course, came to their attention because I'm a candidate for the state house here. But this particular interview I wanted to share with your listeners because as a libertarian, I was able to talk about a lot of the things I'm normally not asked, and I thought it would be, you know, uh, something that a lot of them would find interesting. I mean, I talked about the freedom to protest, the sovereignty of our own bodies, unrestricted travel against all the military troops. So I was really able to go far beyond just like Colorado issues. So I wanted to invite everyone over to it because I think there's a general interest to it as for all libertarians. Um, and you can find it over at my website, uh, which in my campaign website, which is electchristinesmith.com. And once you're there, please uh, click the media page. If you click the media page, once you're at electchristinesmith.com, it's going to be the first one there. And it was in the Pueblo Chieftain newspaper. And I was able to speak about, you know, um, freedom riders, past and present, that, you know, I've learned a lot from. I was able to talk about, you know, the suspension of habeas corpus in our country. So really, I was able to talk a lot no, more great. than just the issues in my campaign, and I, I wanted know, I to invite to say, everyone to it. I have to say, Christine, I think that uh, I, I am not a fan of political involvement, but I think that it makes sense from the perspective of getting the ideas out there. I mean, had it not been for Harry Brown's campaign in the year 2000, I don't know if I would have found these ideas when I did. Maybe I would have eventually. I don't know. But uh, it was thanks to his campaign that I did, and I know that obviously the Ron Paul campaign has brought a lot of people on board with the ideas of liberty. People who started with those ideas, kind of the the very smallest of small government ideas, and then maybe found Free Talk Live through our interview of Ron Paul, or found other uh, other maybe more voluntarist, uh, voluntarist kind of I- ideas through finding these uh, these political campaigns. So while I still still believe firmly that politics is the the least efficient way to achieve liberty in our lifetime, I think that there's real value in getting uh, getting political campaigns going and, and putting the ideas out there. Yeah, even I recognize that. And I'm very apolitical myself, but even I recognize that a lot of people are discovering ideas through that process. Great, so, uh, Christine. And I've, I've always enjoyed your blogs. Are you still, are you still blogging over at christinesmith.us? Is that still? Uh, yes, I do because of my campaign. I've done a little bit less, but yes, I still have. I got my blog. I'm trying to go into it. I do a lot on my Facebook page, um, quite a bit more there than anything in terms of the personal blogging. Um, and uh, so I invite everyone uh, to, to both of those. Find me on Facebook or the ChristineSmith.us. And if I may, I'd like to say, first of all, I think your point, uh, Ian, is, is perfect because it's, it's, I think that's the way for a lot of people because 
regardless of the race, those ideas are getting out there. That's why I wanted to share this particular um, newspaper article, because of all the interviews I've done, this one gave me the greatest opportunity to share about all kinds of issues that, you know, people normally are not going to be exposed to. But, you know, and I understand you don't think that, you know, politics is, is the way to go, and it's a personal decision. But I look at it this way. I'll just say this, that um, if, and this is actually one of the very rare races in the United States where I have a very good chance of being elected, it's very different, and, uh, you know, uh, it's actually a winnable race. It's pretty unique in that well, way. Why, why do you say that? I mean, you're running as a libertarian. It seems like libertarians don't have any chance to win in any uh, race. I, and I understand that, but in this particular race, I'm already, we can tell, I'm dividing the vote. Um, it appears between the Republicans. We've got a, it's a very fiscally conservative district. And thus, when you got a Republican in there that votes like a Democrat most of the time, in my opinion, and if you take a look at his, you know, his race, you get a lot of the Republican support, and the Democrats want to defeat him, and they like my legalization of marijuana, and he's one of the ones that's most anti even medical marijuana. And you get, I'm really dividing it, and it's, a, it's really a, the first time this man has ever been challenged by someone seriously. I'm doing a far better campaign than anyone ever has against him. So it is actually going very well, and uh, I invite people to, to that particular interview, and I'd ask libertarians out there, I sure could use your help if you can pitch in. Any amount is going to help. This is a very serious race. All right, Christine, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, I'll give you one more plug for your website, and then you've got to buy an advertising package with us. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ian. ElectChristineSmith.com, and hit the media page to read that Pueblo Chieftain article. Thanks, very Ian. Good. Thank you, and good luck out there. And if you bomb out, uh, don't hesitate to get up here to New Hampshire, where you might have a better chance. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Dale, you used to do that stuff, right? The the uh, running for political office? Uh, well, I saying I used to do it. I, I did it. Your eyes got I, so wide when I said that. I did it like once. So, yes, I guess you could say I used to do that. I ran for state assembly in California. So that's like a representative? Thing. Yeah, it's like so a representative. Called. It's the state. It's the state. It's a, it's the equivalent of like a representative here. They have a, yeah. an assembly and the Senate, the state Senate, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. And was it for a liberal? Uh, you weren't. You were a Republican. I was a Republican then, right? at the time. Yeah, I was always libertarian uh, in mindset. I was just. I was. I was. Ugh. God, I look back on it now. <laughs> I just didn't think it was practical to be a libertarian. Mm-hmm, you know, I, I, I was, I, I would tell people all the time, and I have libertarians scoff at me the same way I scoff at Republicans now. <laughs> but I would have libertarians scoff at me when I said, "Well, I just feel like you know, the, 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 the most expedient thing to do is to." Get Republicans to act to be to be more, become more libertarian. How'd so, that work to out? move Republicans in the libertarian direction? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm here now. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And this is Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More coming up. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, bringing up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free. Those features include our listening options, live streams. We've got them 24-7. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live online in broadband or dial-up flavors. Plus, our webcam is available, as well as listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen in or again around the clock to Free Talk Live. It's all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now then, John Shaw and Osborne from Think Twice Productions have teamed up once again with the mighty Stefan Molyneux to present a brave new epic video, The Sunset of the state. See it now at thinktwicenews.com. Dale, I know you've been busy. You've had a lot on your hands. Have you had a chance to see the sunset of the state yet? Um, I believe I did see that one. It was posted over at freekeen.com as well recently because I just thought it was so great. Uh, yeah, I think it's being featured on my channel. I, 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 it's just the title that I'm not sure about. Um, but I think I featured that one on my channel. It's where Stefan Molyneux points out how uh, when you start with a flawed premise, you yep. get all kinds of really effed up conclusions. And uh, he talks about how, uh, you know, back in the, the... He uses the analogy of the how people thought the Earth was the center of the universe and they right. do all these complicated algorithms for how everything rotated around the Earth. Just to try to explain <laughs> what they were seeing going on in the sky. Right. And, and they were just wrong from the beginning. And so they were ex- really, really wrong and, and they, they kept, were trying to figure everything else out. kept building on more and more complicated algorithms to make it work. Uh, right. When in fact, when all of a sudden, all of a sudden you put the uh, the sun at the center or the uh, center of the solar system, not the universe, but if you put the sun at the center of the solar system, all of a sudden everything's just going in a circle, and it's yep. simple. Yep. <laughs> you just fix the flawed, fix the flawed premise, and all of a sudden it made more sense. So he and, uh, he yeah. compares that to the government, the flawed premise that. Uh, that's somehow acceptable to use force against peaceful people to get them to do what you want them to or not do what you don't want them to. And he points out how that has created, that flawed premise has created it, it all really kinds of problems. It really is backwards if you think about it because the idea is that, you know, the whole, the, usually the justification for government is to maintain peace and law and order. And it really so is counterintuitive claim. to aggress against people in order to maintain peace and law and order. Yep. It, it's like It's like breaking the law to maintain law to you know it's it's it is it is a bass backwards concept and so it's the kind of thing that you ought to be looking at uh this flawed premise at the core of it if you want to fix it <laughs> so see the video yourself at thinktwicenews.com share it with some friends i thought it was I thought it was great. It was one of those things that I think people who are maybe new to these ideas should see. Like, an, it could be an aha moment for for a lot of people. That's what that I was video. thinking. I, yeah. I think you know it's hard to say because I'm the choir, so to speak. Sure, you know, sure. he's preaching to the choir, but so it's hard for me to be completely unbiased. But I just thought it was a brilliant video for depicting you know the the idea. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We invite you to bring up whatever is on your mind. Hey, a quick update on a story we touched on several weeks ago out of Florida where there was this bong bill that has made it illegal for shops, uh, smoke shops down there who are making more than 25% of revenue from the sale of bongs, pipes, and uh, smoking paraphernalia. So basically any head shop uh, in the state of Florida has been targeted by this bong bill. And a group of Florida smoke shop owners are now suing to quash the state's bong bill as uh, as we explained what it does, the 30 shops have joined in the litigation against the law, which took effect July 1st. They claim it's not only hurting business, it's also hurting tax revenues. 
Uh, they act. This act is a dismal failure, according to one of the lawyers representing the stores. He told the Sun Sentinel that you can't have these shop owners held responsible for the intent of someone else. In that they sell these bongs. They don't call them bongs. They call right. them water, water pipes, pipes. And for tobacco. That's the intention that you will be smoking something that is not a prohibited substance out of this. Of course, everybody knows otherwise. But nonetheless, uh, that's how they are sold. While just a misdemeanor, violators of the law could face up to a year in jail. Smoke shop owners argue the bongs aren't even used for smoking in some instances and instead are used as decoration. But supporters of the bill, including St. Petersburg Representative Daryl Rousson, who sponsored it, says it's a charade for the owners to claim that the paraphernalia isn't used for drugs. Rousson, a former drug user himself, says he's trying to fight what he views as rampant drug use in the state. He said the shops need to sell tobacco if uh, need to sell tobacco if they're going to call them tobacco shops. Uh, he said, "I used to brag. Take me to any city in America, and I'll take you to the head shop and get a nice pipe to smoke." The law allows them to call themselves tobacco shops, yet 80% of them don't sell a stick of tobacco. And now, as though as though smoking tobacco is somehow going, you know, a good thing just because <laughs> it's legal. And Daryl Rousson, by the way, we had on this show. Uh, if you go to the Free Talk Live guest page, and this was before, I guess, he was elected as a so-called representative there in St. Pete, but we actually had him on to talk about the war on drugs and prohibition, and of course he was opposing us. We oppose prohibition, and he's in favor of it. As a former, he's like one of those uh, people that's been so abused by the system. When he was a drug user, he was he was abused, so and he believes that it was right that he was abused, and so now he wants to perpetuate that abuse yep. against other people. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, so if you want to hear more from uh, Daryl Rousseau, you can go to our guest page at guests.freetalklive.com, and the guests are in alphabetical order, so just go on down the page. You'll find them there. Uh, shop owners like Jay work of Grateful Jays in Margate say the law is one toke over the line. Ah, ah. The way the whole thing is written is unconstitutional, uh, work told the Sun Sentinel. There's no business in the country that has a cap on how much you can sell. It's like telling Pfizer that no more than 25% of their income can come from Viagra because it's sex-related. And what does Rassan really believe? Does he really believe that if if they were to successfully shut down these tobacco shops, these head shops, that uh, all of a sudden pipes would just disappear? That it would be impossible for the for a marijuana like a marijuana smoker would be able to go out and get themselves a bag of pot off the black market, but not find a bowl to smoke it out of? <laughs> I mean, come on. And the idea just expand the market, the the underground market for it. Oh, it totally would. Drug dealers would would then have pipes in their bag of tricks, right? They would have the drugs and the the ways to uh, to consume them. They would sell it all, and then a glass pipe would, instead of being twenty dollars at the you know the bong shop, would be a hundred dollars from the drug dealer. And someone will break into a car and take a stereo to pay for it. (laughs) And you would think that someone like Rousson would know this. Somebody who has been a drug user, somebody who's been involved in the black market, was he? just so uh, messed up in the head at the time that he was unaware of what was transpiring around him and how the black market uh, works and operates because you can't stop this stuff go ahead keep trying to crack down on people and watch what happens the only thing that will change is that drug users will be put in a more dangerous circumstance in order to acquire the things they need to use the drugs 
That's all that's going to change. They'll have to get it from the black market instead of friendly dealers that are, are willing to sell clean pipes. Who knows what kind of pipes you're going to buy? Uh, we know that there, there are bad things that happen. Drugs, for instance, are adulterated. They are cut. A lot of drugs are cut with things that could be dangerous. Uh, the questionable, you get questionable yeah. quality levels and things like that. So what kind of things would happen to paraphernalia if it, if it were sold on the black market? Maybe nothing, but maybe, maybe you'd get a dirty pipe or uh, you know, perhaps uh, they'd just be so cheap cheap they'd break all the time who knows yeah who knows so good luck to the uh, the bonks uh, the the uh, the smoke shop owners down there in florida i you know i i hate to get involved in some sort of uh, litigation right it's just an icky thing to do it seems wrong to even get involved in that system but what else are they supposed to do they're having their livelihoods ripped out from under them by this legislation yeah, I, I I just I just have no faith in it. I mean, I don't have any faith in political process. I don't have any faith in litigation. I've seen I've seen courts just make insane decisions, so I don't trust them. There's more coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian and Dale. Uh, don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the updates list and you can get on it over at news.freetalklive.com. Uh, you can also you can sign up for our emailed updates. You can receive the Twitter updates. You can get the Facebook posts as well. So whichever delivery method works best for you, we've got them. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up for free. In fact, I just sent an update during the show uh, for those that weren't able to listen live to announce our brand new affiliate in uh, Maui down in Hawaii. Uh, you can go and get the details at news.freetalklive.com. And welcome again to everybody listening down in uh, in the Maui area to AM 900 KNUI, the talk of Maui. All right, so we're going to continue here, uh, take your phone calls about anything. Also, I want to remind you that to get your Liberty message to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece, you can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. Check them out and let your voice be heard at libertystickers.com. That's libertystickers.com. As we go to your phone calls, Kirk is listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kirk. Hey, Ian and Dale. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, wanted to uh, just mention that uh, we are starting up a school here in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Uh, it's called the Informal University. We don't offer any degrees. There are no state certifications or anything like that. Just good, wholesome knowledge that allows people to think for themselves and do things for themselves. So we're starting our registration process tomorrow at www.informalu.org. And uh we're just excited about it. Yeah, somebody had mentioned this earlier this week. Uh, people are basically going to be kind of co-teaching, uh, co-learning, where you're going to have folks come in and just kind of 
I guess, give people a, a rundown on the, their what their expertise is? How's it going to work out? You know, uh, what we're doing is we've got a variety of instructors who all have their own separate area of expertise. It ranges from, uh, you know, one gentleman who knows everything there is to know about computer programming, a guy who knows about, you know, how to design websites, to another guy who knows how to play blues guitar, to yoga instructors and foreign language instructors. Um, each one of these people is going to be sharing their knowledge and uh, uh, at the same time uh, probably learning from other instructors. So we found that a lot of our People who are going to be teaching classes are also interested in taking some of the class. So how does it work? The uh, the teacher says, okay, I'm willing to talk about this, and I have this ability to do it at this time of, the, of day or during this point in the week, and then you kind of, what, schedule the class, and then people sign up for it? How does that pan out? Schedule the class, and people sign up for it. It's, you know, of course, open to anybody, uh, people who are native uh, to New England, and, you know, also people who have recently moved here, of course. Um and uh, you know, it just gives an opportunity for people to pass their knowledge around to each other. I think, you know, personally, one of the biggest components of freedom is knowing how to do stuff for yourself, whether it's, uh, you know, grow your own garden and grow your own foods or know how to start your own business. And we're going to be teaching things like that uh, to anyone who wants to come out and learn how to do stuff. So what was the website again? It's www.informalu, the letter U, dot O-R-G. And... The registration starts tomorrow. Now, how much does it cost? Session. What is what does it cost to go to one of these classes? It's basically uh, going to be about ten dollars per student hour. So, if you're taking a one hour class that runs for five weeks, it's going to be about fifty bucks. It's pretty reasonable. And the money goes where? Well, the money goes partially to the instructors and partially to the the organization, which is the informal university that pays for you know the space that we're teaching the classes in and the people who are organizing the whole thing. And what kind of space do you have? Is it like an industrial warehouse or something like that? Where are you renting? No, no. Actually, we're in Hooksit. Um, we're doing this, I don't want to say an official partnership with, but in semi-partnership with the Scholars Academy, which is a private um, gifted school there in Hooksit. Um, and much credit to them for letting us uh, use some of their space. So now the and, Scholars uh, Academy was actually started by uh, some liberty activists up here in New Hampshire. Is that right? Yep, exactly. So they've exactly. already so they've already acquired their space, and then you guys are kind of doing it after hours. Is that the plan? They're using it in the daytime, and we're using it in the evening. Very sharp. That's a good idea because you know if you're if they are renting something or they've purchased something and they're only using it a portion of the time, then they're not maximizing uh, the value out of that investment. So uh, they they turn it over to you guys, and you pay. You're basically subleasing from them. Exactly. Exactly. Very sharp. Should work out for everybody. I think that's great, and uh, maybe if this is a success, maybe y'all can uh, see some, uh, you know, I guess some satellite offices opening up in in other places across New Hampshire as as a possible future expansion. Because for me, you know, driving to Hooksit uh, is a little bit out of the way. <laughs> well, I think it's out of the way for a couple people, but um, it is convenient to Concord. It's convenient to Manchester and Derry mm-hmm. and Londonderry. Um, also, pretty convenient to the seacoast. But at the same time. Uh, you know, our next step will probably be offering some online classes and then opening up some branch uh, opportunities there. That's fantastic. I think that's excellent. It's really a self-starting kind of uh, thing that you guys have got going on. And uh, do you think something like this is possible anywhere outside of New Hampshire? Uh, with uh, you need a lot of people to get this going. I see there are a bunch of classes listed here on the on the website. Is this something that can be duplicated? Could it be duplicated? Absolutely, yes. But it helps to have a community like the Free State Project sort of have a bunch of people that, you're, that you know and have a like mindset with to say, hey, what do you guys know about? What would you like to teach? What would you like to share with the community? And uh, 
you know, obviously that helps us get going and, and helps us expand this much more quickly than otherwise we might be able to. That's great. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, InformalU.org for folks that are interested in learning more about that. And Kirk, uh, thanks for sharing that with us tonight. It's an interesting activist idea, uh, and I think you're probably going to have everything from, I'm looking here, everything from, like you're saying, yoga to uh, home brewing to guerrilla videography. So certainly some things here could be very useful for an activist that's looking to kind of expand uh, their repertoire or just somebody who's looking to uh, to learn some new techniques or, or, or whatever. I mean, it's not just an activist thing. It's just an all-around thing. It's an all-around thing, and it's something that, you know, whether or not you want to be on the on the cutting edge of being, of being activist or if you just want to be a little more self-sufficient in your own life, uh, that you can probably find something. We're also very open. If somebody's got a class that they'd like us to teach, we'll find an instructor and we'll teach that class as long as there's a market demand for it. Cool. Kirk, thanks for the the heads up on that. It's an interesting uh, idea, and, and it's really one of those things that becomes more possible, and neat things like this become possible as activists get together here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Thanks for the call tonight. Freestateproject.org, of course, you can go there and learn more about this movement, which is full of amazing uh, doers, people that put things together, that get out there, and they uh, they and they they do as much activism as they possibly can. And I think that we're going to see more uh, people, obviously, moving here. But a lot of the people that are here now are going to become more active over the years because it seems to me, at least, this has been my impression. And Dale, uh, you've been here for a while now, so it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to hear your thoughts. Uh, but I was talking with Sam the other night about kind of where things are here in New Hampshire and where they've been in the past and, you know, where things are going to. And, and I've seen a lot of change in the last four years that uh, that I've been here. It's It's gone from just a handful of folks and not much going on to a bunch of people with lots of socializing happening. And it seems like there's a lot of socializing going on. Oh, and yeah. There's, there's some activism happening for sure. It's the biggest liberty activism movement out there, hands down. But I feel like we're in kind of in a stage where relationships are being built and that socializing is very important for these, these people because essentially you've got a group of folks that have come together and they don't know each other. You know, they've come from all across the country. They've come from around the world in some cases uh, to to come here to New Hampshire to get active. And that socializing is going to be an important factor in building bonds that, that are going to last a, a lifetime to where people can then get to know each other and know what, you know, each each individual is interested in and, and wants to do and, and start brainstorming ideas more effectively to get out and do more effective activism in various different kind of veins and, and methods. And I think that especially because one of the things we're dealing with is a lot of the people that have moved here early have been maybe more uh, unattached folks, folks that are they don't have uh, well, yeah, the significant easy, other people who could move the easiest. No family. You know, and to more, now them. more families are starting to move and people are you know, it's I, what I'm seeing is. People being people who are in a position where it's more effort to move, those people are now are going up. to that effort and yeah. moving, and people with families and jobs and things like that. Yeah, and, and that's going to change things because you're right. A lot of the people are so busy with their jobs, they don't have time for a whole lot else besides the occasional social activity, occasional activism. But as those people get more settled in, create more wealth for themselves, I think we'll start to see them really dig in with uh, with more and uh, and better activism. Of course, we need you here too. Uh, more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. But there's just enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And by the way, if you want to help support this program, one of the ways you can do it is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we'll take that money and reinvest it into the program and get on more radio stations around the country, more internet listeners, bring them on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now, here's a story that I found. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to throw it out there, Dale, and uh, we'll see uh, what you what you think. Um, the story is from livescience.com. Well, they're saying that our personalities are stay, they stay pretty much the same throughout our lives from our early childhood years to after we're over the hill, according to a new study. The results show personality traits observed in children as young as first grade are a strong predictor of adult behavior. According to Christopher Nave, the doctoral candidate at the University of California, Riverside, he says, we remain recognizably the same person. This speaks to the importance of understanding personality because it does follow us wherever we go across time and contexts. The study will be published in an upcoming issue of the Journal of Social, Psychological, and Personality Science. Using data from a 1960s study of approximately 2,400 ethnically diverse school children, grades 1 through 6 in Hawaii, researchers compared teacher personality ratings of the students with videotaped interviews of 144 of those individuals 40 years later. They examined four personality attributes, talkativeness, called verbal fluency, adaptability, that is, they cope well with new situations, or how well they cope, impulsiveness, and self-minimizing behavior, that is, essentially being humble to the point of minimizing one's importance. Among the findings, talkative youngsters tended to show interest in intellectual matters, speak fluently, try to control situations, and exhibit a high degree of intelligence as adults. Children who rated low in verbal fluency were observed as adults to seek advice, give up when faced with obstacles, and exhibit an awkward interpersonal style. Children rated as highly adaptable tended as middle-aged adults to behave cheerfully, speak fluently, and show interest in intellectual matters. Those who rated low in adaptability as children were observed as adults to say negative things about themselves, to seek advice, and exhibit an awkward interpersonal style. Students raised, uh, rated rather as impulsive were inclined to speak loudly, display a wide range of interests, and be talkative as adults. Less impulsive kids tended to be fearful or timid, kept others at a distance, and expressed insecurity as adults. Children characterized as minim- self-minimizing were likely to express guilt, seek reassurance, say negative things about themselves, and express insecurity as adults. Those who are ranked low on a self-minimizing scale tended to speak loudly, show interest in intellectual matters, and exhibit condescending behavior as adults. 
changing personality. Previous research has suggested that while our personalities can change, it's not an easy undertaking. Personality is a part of us, a part of our biology, said the researcher. Life events still influence our behaviors, yet we must acknowledge the power of personality in understanding future behavior as well. Future research will help us understand how personality is related to behavior, as well as examine the extent to which we may be able to change our personality, they said. So at first, uh, at first glance, what do you think of the idea that you're the same person you were when you were in first grade? No way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I was actually, I mean, I was a really shy, you know, not popular kid. I was probably the, this, what they'd call the self-minimizing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if I'd call myself self-minimizing, but I mean, I definitely have changed dramatically since I was a kid. Uh, 40 years for me is... Well, I'm not, I'm only barely over 40 now, so um, I would say that it's pretty dramatically different. Just speaking for myself. Now, trends, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's its an interesting look. Now, I mean, they they only looked at 144 of the 2,400 uh, students. I mean, the original study in the 1960s, they looked at 2,400 kids and they were only able to find, you know, 144 I, of them 40 years later. I wonder later. how well they did. You know, really, for a study to be done very well, it needs to be essentially triple blind. You know, it's like you need to have some someone who's gathering the data, someone else who's analyzing the data, not even knowing what they're looking for. Hmm. Like the, the uh, so not only the should they not is... know, not only should they not know what the other data is, like like which students and what they how they were as kids, but they should also not even know what exactly they're looking for. They should just, you know. Yeah, we don't have those details on how the the study was actually yeah, carried out. Yeah, you know, there's a really lot of there's a lot of bad science out there. So right here, I mean, where they say that talkative youngsters tended to show interest in intellectual matters, speak fluently, and try to control situations, uh, exhibit a high degree of intelligence as adults. I find that interesting. But just because you're talkative, that means you're more likely to be smart down the <laughs> down the line. I mean, some people mm. talk a lot and they don't have a lot that's too well, smart that's, to say. That's just that's just it. I mean. Some, it seems like some of the quiet kids are the ones that end up growing up to be really brilliant in certain areas. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, certainly that was my observation in school was like that the, some of the more introverted children were the smarter ones. The talkative right. ones were, were not necessarily that It's way. like they weren't focused. You know, it's like this, the, the quieter kids could, were focused on, on maybe their academics and things more than the, the talkative kids that are popular and doing you know, being sociable at school and not learning as much. This one, I think, makes a little more sense. The one where they're saying that children rated as highly adaptable tended as middle-aged adults to behave cheerfully, speak fluently, and show interest in intellectual matters. That kind of makes sense. Like, if you're able to uh, to roll with the changes, so to speak, you're, if you're highly adaptable, you'd be more likely to be happier on, on down the line uh, when, when dealing with change, and as opposed to uh, having a difficult time with, uh, when, when change happens, having a difficult time with it, uh, beating up on yourself as they're saying here, the, those who were not uh, highly adaptable, those who were low adaptability, were observed to say negative things about themselves uh, to exhibit an awkward interpersonal style. That one, makes, that, that one to me kind of makes a little bit more sense. Uh, students rated as impulsive were inclined to speak loudly. Uh, less impulsive kids tended to be fearful or timid, kept others at a distance, and expressed insecurity as adults. You know, I have to say that I've I, I, I've changed a lot in the last ten years, let alone uh, since I was in first grade. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Uh, I mean, I've changed a lot in five years. Um, and I remember thinking when I was 
when I was between the ages of 18 and, say, 22, I remember thinking about, at that time in my life, how much I'd changed since I was 18. So, I mean, just a few years, I think, can make a significant difference in someone's life. Uh, so I think to just generalize so much about what people are going to be like from an early age, it doesn't give people enough credit. I don't feel, I don't feel, I like, feel it, like just in the last five years, not, not even that much, my interpersonal skills have improved so much. I mean, just sort of how I judge, how I gauge people and how I'm able to like, you know, I, I can kind of in terms of being able to sense how people might have certain have a, react a certain way to certain things and I learn how to work with that to get along with that person better you know like if you know someone is really sensitive to a certain thing and yeah you, you have a sense for what sets someone off or what and you get you, we learn how to get what we want from people like have a good relationship with someone by figuring out this is what makes that person happy if I provide that they're more likely to do what makes me happy mm-hmm. you know there's there's things like that that I feel like I've developed in the last few years that, that you know just in the last few years, this made me a completely different person. Yeah. So I think it's just, I mean, sure. Well, they say, well, it's just harder. Well, okay, sure. You know, maybe you have a natural tendency for, for a certain thing, but. Yeah. And, and maybe they're, and they do acknowledge that, that, uh, that they believe that personalities can change. And I agree with them that it's not an necessarily an easy undertaking, especially if you're making an effort, if you identify something about yourself that you don't like, and maybe a, a habit or a, a certain uh, aspect of your personality that you decide that you want to change. You know, I think that can you be just, challenging. Th- you, abs- uh, you know, I think you just nailed it. Is uh, for us to change dramatically, we have to not like the our old self. Mm-hmm. We have to say you actually, and that, that means you have to own something about yourself. That yes, I am. Except I, maybe, that you are this. Yeah, I have a problem. Uh, you have to say there's something that I'm not good at, and and the, you know maybe there's something that's that's. Um, there's some issue that I that I actually am. You have to accept the problem first before you can actually address it and get better in that area. You know, if you have bad Absolutely. bad communication skills, then you have to accept that maybe you know you have a problem there. Or if you're and if then look into ways to change that. Yeah, and, and then look into ways to modify your behavior. Look at the techniques, simple things that you can do uh, to a. You know, you have to be aware of the problem in order to to change it to solve it in the first place, and you have to be consistently aware of it when you're when you're doing it, when you're engaging in it. And sometimes that can uh, – sometimes you can do it on your own. Sometimes you'll need the assistance of somebody else to say, hey, you're doing that again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and when someone does that, you're usually inclined to have a problem with them. But you if, you've asked them, if you've asked them to do it, if yeah. you've asked them to help you with let it. Let me know. If, I'm, if I start doing that, yeah. you let me know and just remind me. So uh, that is about all the time we have for tonight. Dale, thanks for coming in, filling in here. You're normally here on Friday nights. (laughs) Extra important tonight. Appreciate you being here. And of course, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. I believe Curtis will be joining us uh, to uh, fill in Mark's chair on our Saturday edition. So we'll see you then. And online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And yeah, don't feel like you are the same person you were when you were in first grade. And if you do feel that way, maybe you should work on changing it because I wouldn't want to be whoever I was when I was in first grade. I can't remember it. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. 
This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.